Welcome to another edition of Highland Football Weekly with me, Ian Auld. Our third instalment of our favourite five series and today we're speaking to a man who has won a whole host of honours at Forest Mechanics including the Highland League title back in 2012. Simon Allen. Simon, how are you doing today? Very well, Ian. Yourself? Yeah, I'm great. I'm great, thanks. Um, now, technically we're still in, still in lockdown. Uh, I know it's phase one of lockdown. How is uh, how's the last couple of weeks been for you? It's not been too bad actually. The the missus is still working from home, so I've been watching the kids every day, which has been a bit of a challenge. But we've got round it one way or the other. Listen, don't worry. I know that. I know the feeling. I've uh, I've been the kind of chief babysitter while while my wife uh, has gone to work. And uh, well, this is why I'm up here uh, in my spare bedroom recording this with you to try and get an hour's peace. You know, so I know I know how hard it can be. Uh, pieces are rarity just now. I tell you that. <laughs> Let's uh, the 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 time I look forward to. I love my kids. I'll, I'll put this out there. I love my kids, but but seven o'clock at night when they go to bed or half seven, eight o'clock, whatever time they finally go to sleep, that's my favourite time of the day. I don't know about you. A hundred percent. I I love them as well, but that love has been seriously tested a couple of times. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Simon, we can talk about um, football for the next hour to give. Uh, both ourselves and, and people listening a bit of a break from from whatever they're uh, currently dealing with uh, be it kids or be it um, you know just getting outside or, or having a break from from life at the moment uh, Simon we're going to look back over five games that you've chosen as your as your favorite five um, some cracking games uh, in the five that you've chosen three of which were in the the same season and there's some Scottish Cup ties in there and there's a, a Highland League Cup tie as well as uh, some league games as well. We're going to start with, uh, in chronological order, with your first choice, which was back in October 2011. It was a Scottish Cup first round tie against Irvine Meadow. Now, Forrest, Forrest lost the game 6-3. It was a, 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 well, I watched the highlights of it the other night. It was a cracking cup tie. Yeah. You drew 2 all within the week before at another oh, real topsy, topsy-turvy yeah. game. Yeah, great, great game. Um, your reasons behind choosing uh, choosing this one? It's a, it was actually a really good game. I know we got beat, but it was actually a really good game to be involved in, and that's probably probably the best goal I've scored from mechanics. I'd say that that's quite a rarity nowadays—a free kick from me. But back in the day, I used to bang quite a few, but that's probably my favourite goal from mechanics. So, and the whole game, the whole game was decent. It was a good atmosphere. There was quite a, quite a lot of fans at that game. I think it was about two thousand at the game, mm-hmm. and. I tell you, all 2,000 of that fans were absolutely mental down there. So, But yeah, it was a really good game to be involved in. Even though we, it was a defeat, it was their set-up down there probably rivals most second, third, well, League One, League Two teams. And it's just, you know, down in Glasgow, it's a different kind of, different money levels down there. A couple of boys down there on three, £400 a week and all that. And it's just, it's good to go down in there and challenge yourself against teams like that that are, are being paid that kind of money is what you know what I mean yeah I mean the the junior setup down there is is quite extraordinary um, the game itself is a, a bit of a sickener for Forrest because you go 3-1 up at one stage you score 2 you score 1 from the free kick which you mentioned there which is uh, I watched the highlights the other night it's a real cracking free kick I think you're kind of you're maybe 30 yards out or thinking and you you had a looping effort which deceives their goalkeeper you score a penalty as well that that um, the the double header against Irvine Meadow that year were both games were great value for money. The the one at Mossett Park had you guys were one 0 down. You came back two one. They pulled it back to two each, and 
you have a penalty save, they have a penalty missed in the last minute to um, to force the replay. But that game That's itself... Right, he saved a penalty, I uh, forgot, I completely forgot about that actually, I forgot he saved that penalty, but yeah, two all and then, but I think they actually scored a penalty in that first game, the second game, Graham Fraser gave away the penalty and they took the lead, and then we came back and uh, we got the free kick and Chucky actually, Ross McPherson actually came up to me, he says, go and just stick in the top bin, will you? And a, a Julia Blake style. <laughs> so the thing is, as well, the we, we spoke about this with Gary Manson a few weeks ago. The Scottish Cup ties. I mean, it was fantastic for me looking back at this because because of the um, the BBC and the the SFA started showing the, the the highlights on online, and that's brilliant. I mean, that that free kick is there. You always have that free kick. Ah, exactly. It's great that they they put on all the highlights. I mean, this. I think that I think that was probably one of the first seasons they kind of started doing that, following every game. And it's it's good to look back on it. Something to have that, like you say, it'll always be there. So it's good to have it. The game against Avermedo again. You know, we spoke to Gary Manson a few weeks ago. Wick came up against Cuthbert Wanderers. You're going a little bit into the unknown when you take on a side like Avermedo. Um, what were you, or what did you anticipate? Before going into that that double header against him, you're kind of going into your unknown, but at the same time, there's there's that many. I'm sure, Gary said in his interview, there's that many connections nowadays. You kind of know mm-hmm. a bit about all the other teams, and like you say, everything's recorded nowadays. So you can actually see what they're like. Twenty years ago, you never used to be able to do that. You used to be going down, and that'd be the first time you're seeing them playing when you're actually going against them yourself. But nowadays, with everything recorded, you can actually see what players are like. Like you say, the clubs have got so many different connections. They can get somebody to go and have a look and see what a team's like, who who plays where, what they what formation they usually play, what they do for set pieces and all that. So it's it was not really a case of going into the unknown, but you never a cup game. You never know what you're going to get. That's the, that's a good thing about a cup game. You can like this year in the Scottish Cup, we've played Banks a day, and we, it's a game that we we really should be winning. But they absolutely came and hammered us, and it was probably the worst—the worst I've seen us playing in a long time. But you've got to give teams like that credit that come and raise their game when they're playing against a high league team. And that's a, that's a good thing about the Scottish Cup. I mean, surprises and shocks can happen all the time. We're going to talk about another Scottish Cup tie um, later on. But when the Scottish Cup draw is made for the first round and the second round, depending on when you come in, when it's made, is there a part of you that's thinking, well, if we get another, you know, if we get a a side that we know, a Highland League side, then we've got a good chance of progressing if it's a side lower than, than Forrest in the table. Or is part of you wanting to get a side that you don't know and you're going to pit your wits against a, a side down in the central belt that perhaps you wouldn't come up against normally? And I think Gary Manson was yeah. right when he, he, he kind of coined the, the European-style phrase. You know, it's just, it's almost a... A game that doesn't come round often. Irvine Meadow Forest mechanics don't come round often. Is it? Is it a part of you that wants that? I personally, myself, I prefer playing somebody that we don't play. You know, we don't play every week. I mean, that's. I think that's a bit of the magic about the cup. It's like, or if you do get somebody in the same league, like you say, it's hopefully it's a team that's below you. You've got a fairly good chance of going through. So in the next round, you've got that chance of getting a, a different team and possibly making the club a bit of money as well. You know, it's getting yeah. in that second round is pretty important for some clubs gives them a wee boost financially and it's it's always good to have a good cup run kind of make, if you've not really done anything in the, in the league a good cup run kind of makes your season a bit the journey 
talk to us about the journey because you know a, a journey to Wick you get once a season Aberdeen at well, that time you would have had Cove away as well at one point but Arvin Meadow I'm assuming was a, a longer journey um, or one you're not used to you know down the A9 etc back you know down into Ayrshire a good uh, good trip down memories of that trip uh, it was we, there's a couple of games maybe a bit further than that Gervin uh, who else did we play we played um Times cold stream with with Dalbeaty yep. mid mm-hmm. midweek as well. I'm sure we played Dalbeaty in a replay. I'm sure it was on a Thursday Thursday evening or something, and we had to go down and play it then because they couldn't play on the circuit. I don't remember the reasoning for it, but yeah, we've had a couple of away games, and uh, I think we t- we travelled down that same day for Irvine Meadow. But we're usually pretty well prepared, and the club usually look after us pretty well in that respect. And they sort of sort out food and everything for us before we stop off and get something to eat. We stretch the legs and then get down there in plenty of time, so we're not the journey doesn't affect us much at all. Now that game you've chosen, the Irvine Meadow game, was October two thousand and eleven. You've chosen two other games from that season. It's a an incredible season for Forest Mechanics. The second of your five choices is a game later on that season, May 2012 against Tariff. It's away. You win the game 1-0. Now, that is towards the end of the season and it's a season which climaxes in the best possible way. But that game against Tariff, am I right in saying that you were second in the table going at that game? It was a midweek game, perhaps? I don't think we were. I think we were top of the league. Okay. We, I don't think... Yeah, I we were top. I'm sure... We were top before Christmas. We never lost lost the lead, but Cove were pretty hot on the hot on the tails then. But that game at Tariff was a it was a midweek game that, and um, the, I remember all that, quite a few of the Cove players being at that game, and we should have honestly won that game about twenty nil. I think Willie Barron must have missed about ten chances inside the six yard box in that game, and then Ryan Big Ryan Green came on and scored the winner, and I that was that was probably one of the most defining games in that season to win us the league I mean we never stopped the whole game and, but to be honest with you I never thought the goal was going to come because we missed that many chances but when it did go in it was a fair some sense of relief I tell you that It's funny when you look at the scoreline 1-0 suggests that you know obviously when you look back at the history books you only see scorelines but 1-0 suggests that it's a, a narrow victory of course you, you only score the one goal to yeah. nil but at the same time, did you kind of feel the pressure there? You mentioned the Cove Ranger player, Cove Rangers players were in attendance. Were you feeling the pressure towards the the kind of end of that season? Definitely, and I think anybody that tells you you don't feel pressure is probably lying to you. I mean, we we most of us hadn't even been in that situation. There's a couple of older, experienced boys that maybe competed for titles and won a few. Charlie Brown, I think he's mm-hmm. one of the only ones that had actually won a title, and. Um, when we were going for that so it was all really relatively new to, to all of us really but um, I definitely nervous I, I, in that game I actually well I fouled the boy inside the box and it was a stonewall penalty and a ref wave play on as well so and that was just before we scored so we, we were pretty lucky but if, if you want to win the league you've got to ride your luck sometimes yeah every, every team every title winning side needs a bit of luck along the way what about the Tariff United players that day were they I'm assuming when you're top of the table, you're there to be shot at. What were the Tariff United lads like? Were they up for causing an upset? That De- ah, definitely. They were relative, pretty new to the league then as well, so they weren't really an unknown. But they were, they've actually done pretty well when they first came into the league. Tariff mm-hmm. had a lot of good players, a lot of a lot of Highland League, like Highland League players had joined them going into their when they first came up, and they were a really solid team when they first started. 
and um, they're kind of going through a bit of a transition now but they were back then they were really decent and like hard to break down and play against but luckily we got the managed to get the win in the end When you leave the field against Tariff having beaten them 1-0 um, there's a famous you know chant from years ago in English football 1-0 to the Arsenal but you won 1-0 that day I'm sure you weren't caring what the scoreline was as long as you won the game I'm assuming there was a, a fair sense of relief in the dressing room. Could have been, uh, it could have been ten 0 but one 0 was one one was just as good as ten 0 To be honest, yeah, I, 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 that was a, it. Was probably more a sense of relief than anything. Getting the games when you go, you're on a countdown like that. It is probably more a sense of relief. It's one one game out of the way and one less to play really. So yeah, but uh, it was a great sense of relief when we got off that, that final final whistle went to Tariff. Yeah. Relief, but also confidence too, because that confidence, knowing that you can, um, okay, you know, dominate the game and and have a lot of chances, but you only need one goal. But that confidence to, to know that you're, you know, you're in the final straight and you're nearly getting over, you're nearly there, you're nearly over the line. But you, relief, but also confidence, knowing that you, you know, you've nearly got it. Yeah, well, that year when we won the league, when we went one 0 up, I didn't think we would lose any game, and that's probably a lot of close games in that league. You know, we never really. We did have a couple of big wins, but not many in that league. And I think we won every game by a couple of goals. You know, it was never five or six ones, really. It was just a lot of close games. And that was probably what was good for us. I mean, once we took the lead, we never really let many in after that. I think we conceded about... I can't remember how many we conceded. I think it's about 19 goals or something the whole season, maybe. It wasn't many anyway, so... But no, it was good. So, the relief... Knowing that you've seen off another another side, you're en route to lifting the, the league title for the first time since 1986. The club hadn't, they've only fought, I mean, Forest Mechanics have only ever won two, two titles, yeah. uh, the first in 1986. You're going for the second in the club's history. And then on the 5th of May 2012, you have the chance to seal it. Um, you're at home to Fraserburgh. Now, Cove Rangers were also at home that day. They were playing Devonvale at home. They needed to win, and you just had to, you know, avoid. Well, you need to win anyway, and and not rely yeah. on any favours. Talk to us about the pressure going into that game, knowing the permutations. Because, well, as everyone knows on this podcast, I'm a massive Hearts fan. When you mentioned 1986 to me, obviously there's there's a there's a, a kind of horrible story that happened to Hearts all those years ago. But going into that game, somebody's got to be yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but you know, you're going into that game. Knowing that you need just need to win and you and you've won it, but there's still a lot of pressure. Yeah. What, what what was it like in the build up to that one? I, I I'm actually alright with pressure. I don't really feel it too much, but you could see in the dressing room there was a lot of boys a bit worried and all that. But I think if you go out go out and play like that, then you're kind of setting yourself up for failure really. But we had a lot of old heads. We had Neely White, Ryan Green, Kyle Graham Grant, and Kyle Scott. A lot of experienced boys in our team. Nathan Sharp as well, and mm-hmm. they kind of didn't let the younger the younger boys make it affect them too much so it's that's what I'd say that lot having that experience boys really helped us settle down and that's probably what made us seal the seal the title that year them lot and the experience you scored an early goal or it's an, it's, I think it's an own goal isn't it um, Fraserburgh scored an own goal passed a, he passed it back to their keeper I think it was Paul Leeskin goal and Ryan Christie passed it back from about 40 yards and it just slipped under Paulie's feet, but it's probably the best on goal I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but that that early goal must again, you know, we, we talk about 
uh, whether or not you feel the pressure or not, but the guys that did feel the pressure, that early goal must have settled any nerves. Yeah, definitely. I mean, getting early, getting an, any goal at any time is always good for you, but getting the early goal and it's kind of calming you down a wee bit and knowing you don't have to push for another. I mean, once, like I said earlier, once we went one 0 up, I didn't, I didn't think we would ever lose a game. So that turned out to be the case. It was the best one 0 victory I've ever seen. I think. Well, that's two two one nils on the on the bounce there, Tariff, and then uh, Fraserburgh, yeah. and and it's like you're saying there, you you had total confidence as a a defensive unit to to shut them out. That must have. Well, I'm not saying it was you know um, slippers and cigars uh, at that time, but you you must have had a real good feeling that yeah we're going to do this. Yeah, I, th- I I remember the game. It was it was probably one of the most boring games I've ever been involved in, but. I think it's pretty well known that Fraserburgh and Cove don't really get on that well either. So I don't, to be honest, with you, I don't. I didn't get the feeling that Fraserburgh wanted to go out and try and beat us that game. I mean, they obviously tried to win the game, but you could tell that they weren't really that bothered. It was they were probably happier that it was us that was winning the league than Cove. Well, that's the thing as well, mate. Like I mentioned with the, the you know the Tariff United lads, you know if you're if you're Fraserburgh, regardless, you know you there's part of you wants to kind of cause an upset and, and spoil a party uh, be the party poopers as it, as it were you know definitely uh, we've been in our, that situation ourselves a few times I mean we've had teams coming here coming to our coming to Mosset Park going for the league and it's it's all it's a it's an added incentive incentive trying to trying to beat who's going for the league and put a bit of a spanner in the works for them now, it doesn't matter who it is really it's any team and if you're not if you've got nothing else to play for it's good to try and put a bit of a a spanner in the works on any team that's going that's going for the league and it's that's a good feeling even taking a point or stopping somebody from progressing to win the league and knowing that you've done your bit for the season you mentioned there that you were you know pretty comfortable and it was quite a boring uh, boring match was there any point towards the end I mean I can only imagine if you were a supporter standing on the sidelines knowing that kind of any any lapse any little mistake could allow Fraser back into the game and that would really put the cat amongst the pigeons. Was there any any moment in the game at all towards the end where you thought that, you know, hang on, we need to... It, it might go the other way type thing, you know? Only when the ball went near Grapies because uh, Grapies loves an OG against Fraserburgh so we, to, we just kept the ball away from Grapies to be honest with you because <laughs> that, was, that, was that was what me and Nathan actually said to each other joking about just keep the ball away from Grapies and we'll be alright. But um, I can't... Do you know what? I can't really remember the game too been too many chances for either team in that game it was, it was quite a, a dull lackluster game it was more like a, a pre-season friendly if anything but it was once we got that 1-0 up it was we just we didn't I don't think we even tried to score after that we were just like just keep this 1-0 and that'll be us winning the league What was your memories of the crowd that day big crowd at Mossop Park obviously there to to witness um, a historic moment for the club um, when the final whistle goes what's your memory of that final whistle going just total relief eh? I can remember looking over and seeing Charlie Charlie really jumping and into Nathan Sharp and their their brother-in-law so they're related to each other so that was a good moment seeing them two sharing that and I, just pure relief eh? when you've been something for so long it's it's not like the cup where five or six games you've won it it's a, it's a full season that full year and uh, it's relief more than anything for me especially but Seeing every all the fans face come from Forest, born and bred here, mm-hmm. so it's seen a lot of the, the fans and knowing them personally, and just seeing the joy on their faces as well. It was, it was a really good feeling. 
we spoke to Robbie Williamson uh, a few podcasts back, and you know he's uh, obviously a American lad, born and bred. And when he guided the the Clack team to the title in two thousand and four, he obviously you know it meant a lot to him. But yeah, as yeah. you touched on there, you're you're a Forest lad. That must have been that extra bit special. Definitely, I think being local, I wouldn't say it means more, but it's. Well, in fact, I would say it means more because, like, like you say, you've got your family. Most of my, all my family support mechanics as well. It's, and it definitely means that it gives it's that bit more special. But yeah, it's, uh, it's really it's some some feeling winning it and having all your friends, your family there, seeing you doing it as well. Especially when it's not something that you actually thought would happen. You know what I mean? We were probably we weren't favourites by any stretch of imagination going into that season. We hadn't. We finished. We finished top six in the league, but never really pushing for the league. And when it did happen, it was a bit of stepping in the unknown a bit, actually. So it's it was good, but maybe that was a good thing. It doesn't put as much pressure on you. So yeah. I don't know about you, but I always think that the the Mossett Park main stand is is perfect for trophy presentations. I've been at a few, you know, North of Scotland Cup finals there, etc. And you know, the players come up the you know the steps into the main stand, and there's a a good yeah. vantage point for lifting that trophy talk to us about your your moment when you get up there to to lift the the trophy to the rest of the crowd at Mossack Park that must have been a again a special moment for you that was brilliant I actually watched the highlights somebody sent me a, a video of it not long ago it's, probably, it's the first time I've actually seen the video of it I've seen plenty of photos but yeah it was a that was a special moment my mum and my dad were in the uh up just behind me actually and when I lifted the trophy so it was a really Special moment. I think it was fourth or fifth, and I was just up there. But uh, it was a great moment lifting the trophy in front of everyone, all the fans, and everything. Yeah. Talk to us about the celebrations. I'd imagine that um, <laughs> carnage. Oh, it was just a few beers after, and that was it. That's nothing, nothing wild. <laughs> no, we actually had our uh, the mechanics golf day sorted for the the Sunday. It was a I'm sure it was a May day, and um, it was just perfect timing boys had a few I think some boys still turned up in their shirt and ties to the golf day the next day as well so it was uh, it was something else the celebrations over to the Mosset Park uh, the Mosset Tavern sorry and yep. everyone was in there a lot the, the place was absolutely packed and the chairman and everything said a few words so it was, uh, it was really good just a, a great weekend I'll probably never be beaten the Mosset Tavern is perfect for a drink pre or, or post match at, at Forest Mechanics but was that the the kind of hub of the the celebrations, or was there uh, more celebrations in the in the town itself? No, the Moss. It was definitely the place where where most stayed all night. I mean, we moved up to other pubs that have supported the mechanics over a number of years. The Beastie was another favourite. Mm-hmm. Robbie Sutherland used to own it, so he's been quite a well-known supporter in mechanics. And we moved up there for a while just to try and give the people that support the club throughout all the years gives them something back as well I mean uh, there was probably a fair th- few thousand pounds spent on Forrest that night I'll tell you and the thing with Forrest as well Forrest is a you know a great little town there's um, you know a real kind of community vibe about Forrest as well and I, I'd imagine that the you know the rest of the town felt the celebrations that day themselves it was a, a good place to be that night Definitely, I think the whole. I think actually the whole of Forest was out that night. I mean, if you were a burglar, it would have been a good night to go on a streak in Forest because nobody would have been in their houses, so you'd have been all right. <laughs> but uh, it was, uh, it was, it was someone else. And like I say, we had the the golf day the next day as well. So, I mean, I th- 
burn my memory of that is pushing the Fraser twins down in a wheelie bin down St Leonard's Road after being at the golf course and then pushing them down. I don't I don't know how that came about but the two of them jumped into the wheelie bin for one of the pubs at the Clooney Bank Hotel they jumped in the wheelie bin and got pushed all the way down to the pub so it was, uh, it was an eventful night let's put it that way how did you play that following day I mean did you did you play well I'm assuming it was uh... I can't even mind to be honest with you <laughs> Been on the golf course, but uh, I was. I think Abdi was still intoxicated from the night before, and we were just topping up again. And uh, it's, I can't, I, you know, I actually can't even remember playing golf that day. <laughs> Why not? I mean, that's that's what's all about, you know. When you win, yeah. You know, like we say, nineteen eighty six was the last time the club won it. I mean, these, regardless of how long it was, these moments are moments that you you have to, you know, go and celebrate and go and treasure. Exactly, I especially for like likes of Forest. I mean, it's only the second time in our history that we've done it, so you know it doesn't come around very often. I mean, I'm sure that even if you're winning it year after year, it's still it's still as good. But like you say, when it doesn't happen very often, you've got to make the most of it. That season was a pretty incredible season for the club. I want to touch on the the manager you've mentioned in there, Charlie Rowley. He was obviously assistant. Uh, he took over the, the job. That was his second season in full charge. Uh, and what a season as well. Um, the, the job he's done at Forest Mechanics over the years has been pretty incredible. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, I think he's probably the longest serving manager in Highland League. I'm pretty sure he would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm pretty I, sure, yeah. I was there for a season. It was Charlie and uh, Bugle that were there when I mm-hmm. arrived. Me, there was five of us that signed from Forest. This one, they, it was them that signed me. And... Uh, once Bugle, I'm sure we won the cup, and then Bugle left the, the following season. We beat Rothes in the final, mm-hmm. and then Bugle left, which was quite a shock to everyone actually. But there was no probably no better candidate to take over than Charlie, and I took in Russell McPhee as his assistant to start when the two of them gelled really well. And obviously, the, the players, none of us are, were on stupid money. We're all pretty. We're all there because we like football and enjoy being at the club. So it was, it was a good atmosphere. We cre- Charlie created around the club as well. A couple of years ago, I stood behind the dugout at a Scottish Cup tie at Civil Service Strollers, and and watched Charlie in action. And he he's quite a well, you might you might um, uh, say otherwise, but to me anyway, he looks like a kind of calm, assured operator, um, and that that kind of comes across, and in the way his team plays as well. You know, he lets you guys go and play your football in that season as well. Yeah, I mean, when we won the league, we got a lot of, we got a lot of credit. Everyone said we were just a long ball team, but to be honest, we played to our strengths. And um, once we won the league, for whatever reason, we we kind of changed to a different kind of team after that. With a bit more a passing team. Now, I mean, when we won the league, we had like there was six or seven boys that were over six feet. There was the Fraser twins, Ryan Green, Kyle Scott, Big Nathan, Mighty, all big boys. So, but we changed our style a bit. And when when we did win the league, everyone criticised us a bit, just saying, you know, we just punted the ball." But when, when you're winning games, why would you change it? You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can't. Uh, there's no point uh, fixing something that's not broken. Yeah, exactly. So, Forest Mechanics win the Hang League title, 2011-12. The fourth game of year five is um, again when we talk about combinations in the in the Scottish Cup. This one had never taken place before. Forest Mechanics against Rangers, uh, 2012 in the September of that year, end of September, in the Scottish Cup second round 
Uh, what a fixture to have. I mean, we, we, we've talked last week to Daniel Moore playing for Elgin City. I uh, grew up as a, as a Rangers fan and for him it was a yeah. dream to, to turn out at Ibrox uh, that season. It was obviously a, a a strange set of circumstances in Scottish football. Rangers were demoted, yeah. yeah, demoted to the bottom, but it gave Forrest a chance to come up against Rangers and uh, if I, am I right in saying that there's maybe a Rangers persuasion as well? Oh, definitely. I, I've been a Rangers fan since well, since I was born, really. So, aye, it was an unbelievable draw for me personally as well, yeah. So when that draw is made, when Forrest are paired at home as well against Rangers yeah. at Mossett Park, that must have been... Uh, you must have been peeling yourself off the ceiling. Actually, I was actually sleeping when the draw happened. I was a postie at the time and right. I was having a, an afternoon cat-nap and then I woke up and I, I must have had about 30 messages on my phone. I'm thinking, what the hell's going on here? Uh, I've seen all the messages, obviously, and then turned on Sky Sports, and yeah, uh, it was a great feeling knowing that we're going to be playing against a team I've supported all my life. Ali McCoy was manager, my all-time favourite Rangers player, so it's, uh, it was something special knowing you were going to be playing against a team you've supported. I remember at the time as well there was talk of moving the game. You know, when Rangers obviously bring a, a massive crowd. Years ago, they've played. Keith at Pataudry, you know, for example, um, in the yeah, last 20 years uh, or so, there was talk of moving the game. Were you delighted that it was eventually given the green light to take place at Mosset? I would have rather it was at Ibrox, to be honest <laughs> with you, but no, it was, uh, if it wasn't going to be at Ibrox, I would have rather had it at Mosset Park than any other ground. I mean, they were t- I think they spoke about changing it to Pataudry and then possibly Cali, yeah. Cali s- Stadium, but um, no, they got the green light to go ahead with it. The Mosset Park, I think it was a limit to, I think it was about 2,000 2, fans it was limited to. I mean, you could have probably sold it out five times over the amount of people that were asking for tickets and all that, but for safety reasons, it was 2,000, but you could have got a lot more in there. I think there's a lot of empty spaces around the other end, the standing area, but because the, the ground was slippy, I think the police said for safety it had to be that, that amount. So what was the atmosphere like in the in the town? And the build-up to that one, because when Rangers come to town, I mean, that, regardless of what division they're playing in, that is a massive draw. The, the town must have been buzzing. It was brilliant. Uh, being, well, being a postie at the time, I see everyone on, at the street and all that. And honestly, since the draw was made up until we played them, everyone was speaking to me, asking me questions. I think I took an extra couple of hours every day on my postie round because that many people were stopping and speaking to me. But yeah, I actually went on holiday not long before it. I think it was just about a week and a half. A week and a half before I got back from holiday, I was away for 10 days. and So I was a wee bit worried that I might not be playing because while I was away, we won the two games and Jordan Main came in at left-back and he played pretty well. So I wasn't too sure if I was going to be playing, but Charlie told me on the Saturday the Saturday morning, he's like, oh, you'll, you'll be starting. So I was quite happy about that. Rangers come to town then and, well, you'll know. Um, when Rangers come off the bus, what um, you must have got a, a sense of of you know maybe disbelief from some of the Rangers players because I think some Rangers players were were obviously thought they're a bit too big for their boots um, that year there was a few kind of foreign lads they must have thought well where, where the hell are we but um, what were uh, their can you remember their reactions when they came off the bus uh, not really to be honest I remember them walking on the pitch and seeing Lee McCulloch and he probably looked the most he looked like he knew he knew what he was in for but mm-hmm. yeah a lot of that foreign boys I don't think they fully grasped what what it was like coming to play a, a small ground like what it was the, the crowd's right on top here I mean the Fore Kribari and Agiri as well that was three of the foreign lads that were playing and uh, you could just tell that they were like what the hell is going on here 
and they had every reason to be cautious because Rangers win the game 1-0 and uh, Carl Naismith scores early on but yeah. I watched the highlights the other night and again you know I, I, Forrest had chances you know it, it could have easily gone the other way and you might have got your Ibrox stream after all I know I, I put in a free kick at Kyle Scott right at the end and he got a header to it and Neil Alexander stuck out his leg and saved it and I remember Kyle saying to Neil Alexander how did you save that and he says oh, it's better to be lucky than be good and he's bang on there but I that was a bit soul destroying just seeing that coming off his leg right at the end Graham Fraser had a header right at the end as well and another day maybe we stuck away but ugh, it wasn't to be but we had a good day that day anyway so it was it was good yeah, you had a penalty earlier on as well. I think before Rangers even even took the lead, there was a, a penalty shout. There was a real rake of chances um, in yeah. the game. And Forrest, as I say, on another day, were, were unlucky not to have gotten anything from the game. You, you mentioned there uh, Ali McCoyce is a, a hero of yourself. Uh, did you get an opportunity yeah. to, to speak to Ali? I did. He was brilliant. We all got stopped and got a photo. They all came in for photos and that after. And I, McCoy's was brilliant. You wouldn't really expect anything unless seeing what he's like. But yeah, he came in, signed everything for boys, took photos and all that. Durant was there at the time as well, so that was another hero of mine. So I walked into the change room to get my program signed after, and here was Durant sitting in his Union Jack boxers and his Union Jack socks. Brilliant. <laughs> um, Daniel Moore a few weeks ago said that uh, he got chased out of the kit room by, by Jimmy Bell. Um, I think he ended up getting Kevin Kyle's um, XXL shirt. Did you uh, did you get any I, other memorabilia that day? I actually did. I asked Lee McCulloch before the game, during the game, and uh, for his tough, and he said, aye, aye, I'll sort you out at the end. But we actually never, they never swapped us right at the end. Jimmy Bell just chucked in three tops on the floor, and that was that was all he gave us. And luckily, I the first one I picked up was number six, Lee McCulloch's top. So uh, there was only only three tops. I think Kevin Kyle came in afterwards and gave Big Nathan his top. So uh, a lot of the, the Rangers lads, the Scots, especially the Scottish ones, you know what the Scottish Cup's all about. They actually came in and they were really decent with us and spoke to us for a bit. Like we said, it wasn't to be for Forrest that day, but I'm, I'm assuming that the experience of of having Rangers at Mosset Park, but also playing against Rangers as well, was, was just one that um, you'll always look back on. Definitely, I've got, like you say, we've got all the, we're lucky now that we've got all the memories and we can go back and watch it on video and everything and see all the photos and that, and with Facebook being so easily accessible nowadays, the, the photos are never far away, so that's something that I'll always look back on fondly and proudly as well. Rangers coming to Forest is a, is a, you know, again, is just something that doesn't happen every day, so it's um, it's it's absolutely fantastic to, to bring up that memory. Um, your fifth game of your, of your five, uh, you've gone for something which... Um, it was only in the in the last couple of years. It was a Highland League tie at Bucky Thistle, February two thousand and seventeen. A game that ended four all. Forest Mechanics won it on penalties. But when you look at this game, it, it well, it's incredible. Um, Had everything. Aye, I mean you were four, you were four one down at one point. The yep. uh, Bucky end the game with nine men, but they have one guy sent off. An extra time, a goalkeeper, nonetheless. The goalkeeper, I yeah. But, but you were ten. You were you were you were down to ten men as well. And, and Martin Grote gets sent off. What kind of twenty five yeah, thirty minutes? You know. For Grote, it was probably actually a good tackle. It was one of his better tackles. He's not he's not the best tackler, Grote, but um, it was probably a good tackle for him. And it was quite harsh that he got sent off. But uh, that that was a crazy game. I've never been involved in a game like that in my life. And um, I think it went. It was one all, and then they. After half time, 
I'm sure they scored three quick, pretty quick goals. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And I remember me, me and Grapey's looking at each other thinking, Jesus Christ. And then when we scored one, we, we thought it was a bit more respectable. And when we got the, the third one, I think it might have been Lee Fraser that scored it. And then and John Cameron, I'm sure it was John Cameron that got the fourth as well. He, got, he, he scored two that day, I think. And then when we got that one, it was crazy. And we didn't really feel like we were going to lose after that. The Bucky still had a lot of chances after that. Both teams did, and they could have that game could have been about twenty all that day. But uh, it was a really good game to play. In. Yeah, you um, you assist Fraser for the the third goal, um, and as you <laughs> say, John, John Cameron scores the fourth. Uh, Andy McRae also comes off the bench that day. He was on loan from from Cali Thistle. He kind of helped turn the game in, in your favour as well. Um, yeah. It goes into extra time. Um, as I said, Daniel Bell gets sent off for Bucky, uh, going into the penalty shootout. That must have been a real, well, the, you would have hoped to have get the game sewn up in extra time, but it didn't happen. But going into the, the penalty shootout with Bucky, having lost their first choice goalkeeper, you know, that must have been a, a fair old advantage they, for you. I think they'd used all their subs as well, so they couldn't even take on the other goalkeeper. Jeez, oh. So I can't remember who it was, what player it was that went in goals, but I remember it was an outfield player that had to go and go for the penalties. So luckily, when I took mine, I don't even not even a goalkeeper would have saved mine. I don't think. I think if I remember right, I put it in the top bin. So it was, but I it was, it was a, it was a strange game and probably like I said, probably one I'll never experience again. When you look at your your battles against the Highland League teams over the years, go. I'd imagine going to a place like Victoria Park in Bucky and Bucky and getting a result like that must have been a, you know, a real a real plus. Definitely, there's a lot of Bucky's. We always seem to have a, a quite a close rivalry with Bucky. I mean, they're a really good team, especially now. They're a lot of young boys, a really quick team now. But back in the day when they were competing for the league as well, we'd have a lot of good battles with them. And probably one of their bogey teams for a while, especially at Mosset Park. But no, every game against Bucky's decent, and it's uh, it was a really close game again. So you you guys. Um... You went through to the next round. It was a couple of call-offs. I think you lost to Cove Rangers in the in the quarters that year. Um, but again, you know, you, you've 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 won the the League Cup before in your time with Forest. You've won the North of Scotland Cup and you've won the title as well. When you look back over your your time, or your well, obviously you're still with Forest, but when you look over your career with Forest, how do you sum it up? Um, I was thinking about it. I don't know. It's, I've loved playing for Forest every minute I've played for. This is my sixth, 16th season, I think, at Forest. So mm-hmm. when I first signed, I didn't think I'd be there that long. But uh, it's, I've loved every minute I've played for my local team, obviously. And never really been tempted to go elsewhere. I've been quite happy at Forest. I mean, in training, you're, you're there, you're home five past nine. So it's, I mean, it's a no brainer, really. But yeah, I've loved every minute I've played for Forest. Had this, well, I've only had two managers my whole time at Forest, and that was Bugo Gordon Winton and Charlie Riley's been here the whole time that I've been here. I've signed for another year, so I think that'll probably be me done after after that year. So yeah, I've loved it. When you look at you've mentioned there, a manager's been in place for ten years, but to me, from the outside looking in, Forest there's been a you know a, a steady group of players over a consistent time as well, and I think that's the key word: consistency. You know, Forest just yeah. always have you know a. a a kind of really settled team and, and backroom team as well. Yeah, well, you look at the amount of testimonials we've had over the past mm-hmm. five years and how many we've got coming up. We've had Grapies, Nighty, myself, Scotty Moore, Chucky, the Twins are coming up as well. I mean, that doesn't happen very often at clubs. Testimonials, eight years on the trot, you know what I mean? It's That's 
pretty rare nowadays in football. So I think that is, that has been the key to Forest doing so fairly well in the in the league the past ten years or so. We've always kind of been up there. We're quite a hard team to beat usually, and we've always got that capability of beating MD in the league on our day. So yeah, it's, it's like you say, it's steady. We're, we're a steady team. We always have been, and that's kind of what we're built on. It's a good team spirit. It's there's no. There's no boys that are on stupid money. I mean, it's like yeah. everybody that comes in. I don't think Charlie, Charlie has a look at their personalities and all that before they come in. You no, know, you don't want somebody who's going to come in and be a bad egg in the team. And it's, it's it's a good good team spirit we've got at Forest as well. You mentioned there you're signed for another year. We don't know when we're going to get football back up and running again. But I'm assuming that you're you're just um, getting a bit anxious now, ready to. I mean, probably itchy, getting ready to, to get back out there and at least get training and hopefully get playing relatively soon. Uh, well, I, can't, I just can't wait for the season to start again. Pre-season's never really been my favourite favorite part, <laughs> part of football, to be honest. I'm not not much of a runner. But um, no, it's, I'm dying to get back just just a, a bit of normality, really. I mean, I've not really kicked a ball in 12 weeks and it's uh, it's... It's probably the longest I've gone my whole life without really playing football. Luckily, we've got a garden at home. It's, a, it's a, not a bad size. And a little, a little boy Charlie's interested in football, so we have a kick about in the back garden sometimes. But it's not the same, is it? We we touched on it a few weeks ago with Daniel Moore about mental health and stuff like that. You know, there'll be a lot of guys here that'll just be, you know, dying to to get playing again, and and hopefully, we're not too far away. Yeah, definitely. A lot of people. I mean myself I've got my family and all that to keep me occupied but there's a lot of young boys out there who don't have anything they don't mm-hmm. have a family or nothing and football's a massive part of their life and it probably can affect all people in different ways and certain individuals a lot more than it can others luckily like I say myself I've got things to keep me occupied and all that but hopefully for the boys that are dying to get back out of football something happens again pretty soon and we can get back to playing football again yep fingers crossed we can we can get through this uh, this uh, pandemic and uh, and get football back up and running as well. I'm sure that there'll be a lot of people out there that'll be desperate for for football at any level to return, uh, and I'm sure um, that the the town of, of Forest, for example, will be will be craving a, a trip to Mossick Park. Simon, it's been brilliant to uh, to chat over your um, your five favourite games. There's been some incredible games in there. Um, obviously, the uh, you know the, the the crowning one has to be beating Fraserburgh to, to win the, the title back in 2012 but also some Aye. intriguing ties against Irvin Meadow and Rangers uh, and some, some great league games in there as well it's been a, a pleasure chatting to you Simon and I appreciate your time um, and I, no bother I, thanks very much for having me no brilliant and I, as I say I hope that um, I hope that the babysitting duties uh, are not too not too hard on you she's in the, still in the, sleeping that's got to be a record so brilliant she must have heard I was on the phone or something and thought oh, I'm not going to annoy me but <laughs> no, so, like I say thanks for having me it's been a pleasure